welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hello, everyone. This is Natalina, the CEO and the founder of the Rise Up For You Network and Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are glad to be here with you. Today, we have an awesome episode with Kimberly Love. She is a trusted advisor, transformational business leader, and inspirational author, Kimberly Hart, of the book Get Love, How to Transform Your Love Life. This book starts with a simple but powerful premise. If you don't have a relationship, it's because you don't want one. Kimberly leads you on a journey of self-discovery and change that guide you to understand the mysteries of the subconscious mind where all the reasons and resistances to the love you want are stored. Having led intensive retreats for couples, single women, and men, Kimberly has been a couples counselor and relationship expert for over 30 years years. She has transformed relationships from a dying love to meta to a metamorphosis experience. Her retreats for single women focus on the truth of their desires instead of the wants of family and society. As an advisor for executives at Fortune 500 companies such as Hewitt Packard and leaders at learning institutes such as California Institute of Technology, Kimberly's work has literally shaped hundreds of leaders' careers. Kimberly marries a unique philosophy of compassionate honesty, saying what others only think, and as an expert in transformational change, she believes that the most phenomenal change that we can make is to change how we love. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Well, thank you again for your time. I'm honored to have you on the show. I always like to start off um, by letting the audience get to know our guest. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, right now what I do is I champion love. And what, what I mean by that is I'm having an international conversation with people about how the basis of all our foundations are crumbling. Medicine, politics, government infrastructures, you name it. And those foundations are crumbling. And as we look around us, some of those foundations are not going to be worth rebuilding. Instead, we need to start with a new foundation. And if that foundation isn't based in love, beginning with self-love, then we will just reproduce all the difficulties that we have now. And too often, love is put on the back burner. It's something you do after you pay the rent and after you build your business. And then what happens is time travel and your children don't want to talk to you or you feel disenfranchised from the person sitting across the breakfast table from you or you look around the workplace and there's no one there you really care about. We just can't sustain our civilization and be that way. And so after spending 30 years as a chief advisor to Fortune 100 companies, what I decided about two years ago is what's next? And what's next is to really start this very serious educated conversation about love and what it is and what it's not and how it can change everything. I 
I am so glad we're talking right now because I absolutely believe in your mission. How did you get into this field and what was that aha moment that made you realize that this is what you needed to be doing? Well, as I mentioned, I've been the chief advisor to CEOs, boards of directors, heads of law firms for 30, 30, 35 years. And what I know is that when we get behind closed doors and we start having serious discussions about how they're going to have a more fulfilled life, how we're going to raise their bottom line, we always end up in a discussion about love and how much they have and how much they don't. Sometimes their first love is their business and not their wives or their husbands or their families. And that's just how they are. And so how are they going to grow that first love? Sometimes their first love is their family and their significant others. My job is not to have a judgment about that, but for them to be able to have more of life and the richness of life, the quality of life, because we are in this very exciting time time. For the first time in humankind's history, someone can be 60 years old and have another 40-year career in front of them. Think about that. The boomer generation, people born between 1946 and 1964, could retire, according to the Pew Report, at 10,000 Americans a day. In 19, I'm sorry, 2015, 48% of all supervisors we're eligible for retirement. And what are you going to do for the next 40 years if you're 60 or 70? Sit around and play golf? Go out on your boat? Drive your wife or spouse crazy because you don't know what to do with yourself? We all must keep our mattering significance. And the boomers have a very once in a civilization opportunity and that's to pair with the millennials and together find a way to love this planet to the point that it begins to heal itself and we begin to heal ourselves by mixed generations not by either or and so about two years ago really understanding that I decided what next for me is to champion love so what are, what are some of the secrets, I guess, that you would say to relationships, why they work, why do they fail, why do they fail, and what really is the key element to love? And we're talking romantic love and self-love. I think the key element is to understand that we know so very little, to start out realizing that we're pretty ignorant. For instance, let's talk about romantic love. We have this Madison Avenue engendered myth that everyone wants a soulmate. No, they don't. No one wants to be lonely, but not everyone wants a soulmate. We think that only about a third of the world's population wants to be with one person for the rest of their lives. We think about a third of the population wants consecutive relationships. And with longevity hitting the 100 mark with no problem at all, totally aware, totally alive, totally really digging life, if you, if you have five 20-year relationships, would you consider any of those relationships a failure? And then there's a third of the world's population that is maligned. They don't want a romantic relationship at all. It's not what they want to do. What they want to do is get their love source from their friends, from their spiritual family. 
And so the first thing we need to understand about love is that we have been trying to live by myths that were created for us for either political reasons or for financial reasons. That's the first thing we really need to understand. And here you ask for a secret. Let me share a secret with you. Love is not constant, but it is consistent. And by that I mean, let's look at the ocean. The ocean is there, but when the tide's out, the tide's out. And your feet aren't going to get wet when you stand at the border of where the waves were. But if you stand there long enough, the tide's going to come back in and your feet are going to get wet. Love is like that. You're sitting across the kitchen table for someone that you thought you loved last month and you're looking at them and you're going, what the heck am I doing with this person? Because love isn't every single day. It's the tide. Sometimes you love the person more than other times. And people often pick fights when they look across the kitchen table and they go, what am I doing with this person? And they get frightened and they pick a fight only to find out a week, two weeks later that their love is back in, the tide is back in. And they realize they've made the worst mistake of their lives. What holds a relationship in in its place when the tide of love is out is intimacy. You're close, you're open, you're tender, you're trusting, you're vulnerable, you care, and you know. That's what intimacy is. That holds you in place on the days that you don't love each other and even on the days where you don't like each other. And we have this fairy tale myth that we believe that we're going to love this person flat out every single day of our lives. And if we don't, then the relationship must be dying. That's not true at all. Hmm. Very interesting. You mentioned something that I'd like you to elaborate a little bit on. You said that we, you know, we create these visions of love in our head, but they're political and financial. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Sure. Back in the 16th, 17th, and 18th century, in order to control humankind, and politicians or who's ever in power always wants to control the masses, pay attention to history. And the way to pay it to uh, be able to manipulate the masses to do what you want is to make sex bad. And if you want to make sex really bad, make women feel guilty about it. And so lock them away when they have menses because they're dirty and have them wear clothes that strangulate them and make them appear to be the weaker sex because they can't breathe because the corsets are so tight or make them believe that they're not smart or, or able to survive or control their sex life. And churches have tried to control women's sex life forever. Because in many of our traditional religions, it is the woman who is cast out if she breaks the taboos of having a sex life. And the men are patted on the head and said, well, we'll forgive you. So when women say, no, I'm not going to have sex with you. I'm not going to love you in that way. And that those thought processes, those sociological and cultural ways of being in the world are mandated usually by old white men, then they run our love lives, don't they? And when people rebel, they usually only rebel in their 20s. And what lots of studies show is they end up going back to their traditional parents' stance when they start having children of their own. And so geopolitically and, and 
religiously, spiritually, we we have allowed ourselves to be controlled rather than to believe in the goodness of humankind and and believe in that we are absolutely as adults, I'm not talking about adolescents, I'm talking about adults, able to monitor ourselves and decide what is right for us and what is not right. We have seen an incredible movement in just the last four years for the alternative um, sex uh, community, for the lesbian community, for the gay community, for the transgender community. We are actually seeing very high-end jewelry stores advertised to these communities to buy wedding rings. We're, abs- we're seeing wedding companies advertised to this population. And those people get to choose to do love their way for really, truly the first time in written history. They get to be themselves. And that's what love really is, is to choose to be yourself. And it is a self-loving thing to honor that. And it has been incredibly difficult for those who have what is not considered mainstream sexual proclivities and for women. And we are more than mainstream. We are the major population. And yet we continue to allow ourselves to be dictated to by a whole array of traditional religions. So what would you say would be the number one thing? I mean, I, I know we could talk for hours about this and there's, and there's a ton of, ton of reasons that you can say, but what would be the top thing that you would say to making a relationship work and, and getting the love? I think the, the most important thing is to go into a relationship loving yourself first. And not expecting the other person to fill any holes in you. In fact, I was speaking to someone about that last night. They want their significant other to fill all these holes in them. They don't feel enough. They don't feel worthy. And if their partner would just love them enough, then they would feel those things. No, it doesn't work that way. Your partner will always feel not enough and as if their love is not good enough if their job is to fill the holes within you. Mm. The only person who can do that is you. And if you insist that your partner does that, in fact, there is a brilliant relationship book written by Sil Sil Silverstein and it's called The Missing Piece. It's a child's book. You can read it literally in two and a half minutes. And it essentially is this belief system that there's something missing in each of us and we're looking for a soulmate to fill that missing piece. And there will never be anyone who fits exactly right and you will look at them as if they have failed you. You will make them feel awful. You will feel awful because no one can do it for you. You must love yourself first. And loving yourself does not mean bubble baths and going to the spa and having a shopping day. Those might be fun things, but loving yourself is really serious business. Loving yourself is loving that child in you who may or may not have been loved the way they wanted to be, to to deal with the adolescent that is still alive in you. Loving yourself is making decisions that are going to work for you. And when you find out you made a mistake, rather than punishing yourself, to make a new decision. Loving yourself is, is complex and incredibly beautiful. It is, it is when someone loves themselves, they actually glow. You want to be around those people. Then you're ready to go in a relationship. 
I love that you just said that. And I'm going to tell you why, because I think a good portion of our society, as you know, they do believe that self-love comes from materialistic things that are surrounding themselves. As you mentioned, going to the spa and, you know, getting your nails done. And that's all nice too. But I think there's only a small percentage that really understand that self-love is starting with your mind and your inner peace and your soul and your mentality. Absolutely. That's absolutely correct. And there's all sorts of ways to go at it. There's not one way to begin to not only heal yourself, but to truly love yourself. There is an entire philosophy that believes on the day you really fall in love with yourself is the day life stops being a struggle because you are so in alignment with your soul that life will just work. Hmm. So that is a wonderful prize to put in front of you and a reason to love yourself because the life just begins to work. Mm, I love that. Kimberly, thank you so much. We're going to jump into our power section here. I'd like to know what, what is one book that you've read that has had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us? Oh, very interesting question. I think I think a really great book is called The Dance of Intimacy. It helps explain intimacy, what it is and what, is it, and what it's not. And it's a really good, solid book, a wonderful place to begin. I also, I also really love The Missing Piece, and the subsequent book to that is The Missing Piece Meets the Big O. It is such in-your-face, easy, cartoonish type of oh my gosh, I've been going at this the wrong way. I think it's brilliant work. And then, of course, there is the, um, the giving tree. The giving tree is really important for people who are codependent. Give and tell there's nothing left is not the way to live your life. Mm, mm. And what's one thing, Kimberly, that you have accomplished that you're proud of? Loving myself. Yeah, that's a huge accomplishment. It is an incredibly huge accomplishment. I come from a pretty brutal background and, and subsequently was not a happy person. I'm, I am very happy with myself and proud that I hung in there until I indeed loved myself. Hmm. And are there any routines, Kimberly, that you have that help you get a positive rise in your life, whether it's a daily routine or a morning routine? Um, I meditate every morning and every night, but the most important thing in my life is that I have mentors. I mentor a lot of people, but I walk the talk. I have two mentors, one I've had for 35 years and one I've had seven, eight years at this point. I talk to a mentor almost every week of my life, not because I have an issue, and sometimes I do, but more so that I can continue to reach for new levels of being me. I really believe in mentorship. I 100% agree with you, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I do think it's important for people listening and everybody out there to have a mentor, have three mentors, have four mentors, and just constantly be developing yourself. That's a great point. Is there anything, Kimberly, that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you want to say or share with us? On our deathbeds, we are not, and I have had the privilege of sitting next to people who are dying. And I say privilege because it is an honor to sit with the soul as they transition to the next life, whatever that might be in your own thought process. 
the conversations we have is not about what they accomplished. It's not about how many cars they have in the garage. It is always about who they loved and who loved them. I think that's the most important thing to really consider as we make our life's choices. How can we be more and more loving in the world? And how can we be brave enough to receive love? Absolutely. Kimberly, thank you again for spending time with us today. And it's been an honor to have you on the show. I love what you stand for. How do we stay connected to you and how do we support you? Well, it'd be great if you go to getlove.com. I have two free gifts there for you. I have a discussion on loneliness, ending loneliness, and a discussion on what true love is. And if you feel so inclined, uh, pick up my book on love. It's called getlove.com. And the book, Get Love, you can get there or on Amazon. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Thank you so much. It's been my privilege. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that episode. If you're wanting more strategy, tips, and information, please head over to riseupforyou.com and sign up for our emailing list. We have a special jumpstart guide that gives you the first few steps to building your professional and personal life. Rise Up For You is all about getting to the next step and never allowing yourself to settle. So again, please head over to riseupforyou.com, join our network, and rise up in both your professional and personal life. Thank you again for joining. Rise up for you. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.